Hi and welcome to the St Ninian Sermons Podcast. I'm Stuart Cutler and I'm the Minister of St Ninian's Church in Stonehouse in Scotland. St Ninian's is a local ecumenical partnership between the United Reformed Church and the Church of Scotland and that means we reflect the traditions of both denominations in our work and worship. This week the service was led by Gillian and the passage she looked at was John chapter 13 verses 31 to 35. So let's hear that read by Christine and then hear Gillian's sermon. After Judas had left, Jesus said, Now the Son of Man's glory is revealed. Now God's glory is revealed through him. And if God's glory is revealed through him, then God will reveal the glory to the Son of Man in himself, and he will do so at once. My children, I shall not be with you very much longer. You will look for me, but I tell you now what I have told the Jewish authorities. You cannot go where I am going. And now I give you a new commandment. Love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. If you have love for one another, then everyone will know that you are my disciples. Amen. The title of today's reading in the Good News Version is A New Commandment. Is this really a new commandment? Is this not the foundation of all the law? Love God is the first commandment. The rest of the commandments are basically about loving one another, although on many occasions, The love part has been forgotten and the commandments have become rules and a minimum standard of behaviour. Other things have become more important. Did Jesus replace God's previous commandments with just this one new commandment? Many teach that is exactly what he meant, but the reasoning doesn't take into account all that Jesus said. Most of what Jesus said wasn't new. Almost the same words had been written many centuries earlier in Leviticus. Jesus merely added some words that could not have been written in Leviticus because Jesus had not yet come. Those new words spoken by Jesus were, even as I have loved you, referring to the perfect example of love he had set for them. His example raised the bar of loving character higher than it had ever been before. He loved us to the point he gave his own life for us. He explained just two chapters later, greater love has no one than this than to lay down one's life for his friends. But Jesus also illustrated through his example that love and obedience must go together. He explained, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. In this reading, Jesus' interjection of his new commandment seems to interrupt the flow of conversation about where he is going and how his disciples must manage without him. 
but in fact, it is the key to their continued survival and the success of their mission. We fulfill Jesus' new commandment when we love each other to the same extent he did, by being willing to lay down our lives for others' sake. That is the kind of love that Jesus wants of all his true disciples to practice from the heart. And that is the point he was making in his new commandment. The incident which is set in John's Gospel comes just after Judas had gone into the night intent on betrayal and just before Jesus' words to Peter about his impending denial. The close-knit group of disciples was beginning to disintegrate just as Jesus was getting ready to go where they could not follow. Jesus' insistence that his followers should love one another as constantly and generously as he had loved them is as relevant now as it ever was and for the same reasons. Christians are again living with some opposition and widespread indifference to the gospel we claim to live by. No one is going to pay the slightest attention to the fine words we say about love if they look at the church and see only hostility and division. Loving those with whom we agree or like is the easy part. Loving the rest of the folks we meet is a much harder ask of us. It is a human condition to love and want to be loved. Reality is, it is easier to love those who are more loving and lovable. Martin Luther King Jr. famously said that peace is not the absence of war, but the presence of justice. Our world changes when justice prevails. When we love one another, no matter who they are, justice and peace become part of our reality. When we work for justice and equality, we are fully living into the love we are commanded to show one another by Jesus. My favourite film of all time is Love Actually. I never tire of watching it. Ask Bill. It has many different themes running throughout. The film is about relationships. Lots of different relationships. Some are happy and fulfilling. Some don't really go anywhere. Some are tentative but suddenly blossom. Some are hurtful and dishonest. Some relationships cope with bereavement. One manages to break language barriers. As in life, so with this film, not all relationships end happily. At the opening of the film, we are taken to an airport and Hugh Grant narrates the following. Whenever I get gloomy with the state of the world, I think about the arrivals gate at Heathrow Airport. General opinion started to make out that we live in a world of hatred and greed. But I don't see that. Love is everywhere. It's not always dignified. It's not always newsworthy. But it's there. 
when the planes hit the Twin Towers, as far as I know, none of the mobile phone messages of people on board were of hate or revenge. They were messages of love. If you look for it, I've got a feeling you'll find love is actually all around. As we hear these words, we see scenes from the airport arrival gate. A mother greeting a daughter, a father greeting a son, friends embrace, lovers kiss, children laugh for love, adults cry for love. When you look at it, there is more love around than you would imagine or give credit. The American theologian Paul Rushenberg has said, we have a love crisis in our country. People are literally dying for love. Dare we be that kind of Christian? Dare we love? Love is an act of defiance. Love is the foundation of our church. It is the past, present and future of our church. Love is not the sole property of Christianity. It has a place in all major world religions and to those with no faith. But Christianity is based on love. Love is what we are because of what we do. If we have love, if we live love, then we are God's people. Loving God means loving others and upholding justice and dignity for all. We know the cost of following the commandments, but are we scared of paying the price? If we want to live up to our calling to be children of God, then we must display the family likeness, the family trait, and that is love. With God's healing love, we are called to mend the world, and in mending the world, we find that we mend the broken places of our own lives. That is what it means to love God and to love one another. It is why love is a supreme word of life. Society is judged by the way it treats its weakest and most vulnerable people. It is our task to be a blessing to the world. Writer Jonathan Swift wrote, we have just enough religion to make us hate, but not enough to make us love one another. When we give up the burdens of suspicion, envy and hate and live love out loud in the world, God's kingdom comes near. Swift goes on to say, it is a world where all are fed and housed with access to clean water, health care, adequate education and meaningful work where no one is excluded for reasons of race, gender or sexual orientation and where young and old are cherished as God's family endeavours to sustain the precious resources of this fragile earth. Whether we are a preacher or a politician, a teacher or a train driver, a shop worker or a farmer, a homemaker or a musician, the word of life for each of us is love. God's love taking deep root in our very souls and changing us, and in turn, changing God's world.
Love one another as I have loved you. If you have love for one another, then everyone will know that you are my disciples. So how do we demonstrate love to one another? When I was researching this sermon, I came across two quotes which struck me about what it means to love. The first, what does love look like? It has the hands to help others. It has the feet to hasten to the poor and needy. It has eyes to see misery and want. It has the ears to hear the sighs and sorrows of mankind. That is what love looks like. The second, love is an unconditional commitment to an imperfect person. To love someone is not just a strong feeling. It is a decision, a judgment, a promise. Here is an opportunity this week to talk about the requirement and justice of love. We so often draw conclusions about who we choose to love and who we see in our lives as the less lovable. This happens in the hearts and minds of both individuals and our church. Jesus tells his disciples that they will be known for their act of loving. We would all do well to listen and act on this commandment. We are all called to love. We are called to love others as a mark of our own discipleship. The way Jesus talks about loving one another is the heart of the gospel and how we spread Christianity. As he loved and that love spread within his inner circle, so too will love spread after he has gone when love is done in his name. When we learn to do as Christ asks, we can make a change for our neighbours. There is no greater power than the power of love. Amen. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. You can find us on Facebook at St Ninian's Church Stonehouse and on Twitter at St Ninian's Stonehouse. You can find out all the other great stuff we're up to. If you're passing and want to join us in person, we meet for worship every Sunday at 11am. We'd love to see you.